Hey kids, it's us. Were you even listening? We're back for another season of hot takes, incredible topic transitions, and commentary. We're professionals. This week we're talking about Bat for Lashes' new album, Lost Girls. Natasha Khan is finally blessing us with more content after three years. I like it. Do you like it? I like it, yes. I feel like she didn't disappoint. Learn more in this episode, right after our intro. So, Natasha Khan, fifth album under Bat for Lashes, Lost Girls. Really good. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Mm-hmm. This will be a very positive review. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but first, I mean, the album cover, because I feel like that's a good way to start is just by analyzing this thing. I like the color scheme. So the color scheme, if nobody's looking at it while they're listening to this, is like a red, white, black. There's a snake, like, curled around, but it's like translucent mm-hmm. it, yeah it's um it's kind of a high contrast color scheme met with exposure or high exposure long exposure uh photography the snake has red eyes and the snake has red eyes which means it's an albino snake oh my it's gosh. probably just like a garden snake that they found that happened to be albino but it looks incredibly or, exotic or they painted a snake and gave him contacts you don't know what the I world know. of hollywood can do i mean you're right i really hope they didn't do that because i feel like that's violating at least one law but who knows i mean i don't know it could have been a cgi snake it's probably not even real honestly probably yeah but anyways i mean i like it <laughs> i actually think this is one of my favorite covers I, I like Two Sons more, but like this is this is fun. Two Sons is very like bohemian grunge. Yeah. And this is a bit more um I don't want to say high end, but like it's classy. classy. It's got a classy vibe to it. For sure. And we love that. So she cited nineteen eighties music and cinema as inspiration for the album. So artists like Prince, Madonna, John Williams. Harry Potter fucking represent And Star Wars. Um, yeah, but we don't care about Star Wars. Well, I mean, specifically in the 80s, we're talking about his Star Wars score, not necessarily Harry Potter yet. Okay. But. Okay, whatever. But I do think that this is very apparent when you're listening to the album. Like, it is oh, for quite, sure. quite 80s inspired. Very um, much. You, like, we didn't need even need to, like, she didn't need to say it. Like, I feel like. We, we knew. <laughs> we've been new. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and she started teasing this album sometime last year on Instagram. I mean, that's like the thing now, I feel like, with artists. It's just just putting it on Instagram. Yeah. It's free. But yeah, um, it's really like synthy, very dream pop. Yeah, it's it's basically a dream pop shoegaze album, like Mm -hmm. from the 80s, like from that era. Um, But obviously, it has a bit more of that bright 80s pop synth in there, which I think is great. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, some of the songs definitely remind me of other songs from the era. So, like, Feel For You really feels like Criminal World by David Bowie from Let's Dance. Um, for the critical acclaim for this album, Stereo Gum called it a neon love letter to L.A. in the 80s. Bitchfork gave it a 7.2 out of 10. What did Bitchfork say about it? Bitchfork said, loosely centered around a new character named Nikki Pink and a gang of biker women who roam the sunset streets of an eerie make-believe vision of L.A. It's essentially a love letter to the 80s sci-fi and fantasy films of her youth. 
Wait, the Stereo Gum also called it a love, love letter, letter to the to 80s. 80s. Excuse me, people. Be more original. I mean, like, there's only so many ways you could say this album was clearly inspired by the 80s. Right. <laughs> you know, there's only so many words in the English language. Right. I love how, like, there's another character with this, and I don't know... I mean, they say it so matter-of-factly that I have to believe that this is... They're getting this information, like, this is real. Well, this is really what... It's based on Nikki Pink. Kids in the Dark has it and then the hunger music video introduces this plot but it's not really like talked about anywhere else that i found Mm -hmm. when i was looking because i know with two sons pearl was nobody could beat my girl pearl i don't care about nikki pink pearl's the only alter ego we care about although i am a big fan of biker women roaming the streets oh yeah for sure of like an eerie make-believe vision of la so i actually could very get behind that yes um, but apparently she had an interview with NME and she was talking about how she wants to make it into like a, a film, mm-hmm. like make this soundtrack into like a film, feature think, film. That'd oh, be fine. I'm, I'm super down for that. I feel like it would be definitely extremely 80s inspired, like vampire drama. Glam. Glam, Glam vampire. Yeah. Neon, stuff like that. So far, our analysis, I mean, like we've already kind of talked about, it's a solid, cohesive piece. The album is nothing too far off or different from what Bat for Lashes has done already, but there's obviously a different element to this for sure. Yeah. It's like more outwardly like pop synth than ever before. Honestly, it feels like The Cure meets Disco at times to me. Yeah. No, I say that that's, that's a valid, I think, yeah. takeaway from this. Like... It grabs you with this, like, booming synth run, and then it immediately places you into this, like, dream pop shoegaze realm. Lyrically, it's relatively simple. Her delivery on all of these songs is really what I think sells the the vision and the idea of this album. Like, every line is a question. It's, like, a mystery that you want to unravel and experience. It's, like, this spaced out detached journey through the desert to the giant shining city of los angeles like what you said about the way her delivery like when she does that sultry like speaking Mm -hmm. kind of dialogue it's just like that's so attention grabbing even if like not to say the lyrics aren't compelling but you know what i mean they're simplistic yeah so yeah i definitely agree with that um the opener kids in the dark is very energetic and fun and attention grabbing and i'm a big fan of that one um but i gotta say my true love is desert man desert man's great yeah it's like that's the exact unique kind of like ear catching type melody that you can like expect from bat for lashes like the reason i love bat for lashes is because you know it's always it's always there's always a unique melody there that you don't hear anywhere else it's very specific to you know natasha khan and I feel like that same kind of thing goes for Peach Sky, which is actually later on the record. I really love that reverb mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think the biggest thing, especially with the first half, the first few songs, um, the theme of romance and love are like the main driving force into this dream world. And Kids in the Dark introduces this theme because like you have this nostalgia element to the lyrics, like lying next to you, we were just kids in the dark. And then Desert Man claims that love is a nowhere land. Love is a desert land. Like, this character, Nikki, has clearly been through some things and is longing for a romantic partner that she deserves. And I feel like that journey is kind of where 
you can relate most to the songs. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially in, like, So Good, when, you know, you're talking about somebody who's really not treating you the way that you deserve to be treated yeah. is a very, like, obviously relatable concept to a lot of people. And very accurate. I think the way she describes it is pretty much head-on, like, mm-hmm. exactly how people feel when somebody sucks. And, like, even if it... <laughs> Even if it wasn't, like, a conscious choice and, like, these love songs just kind of came together in her songwriting process, like, it's ultimately a pretty safe choice to make this modern, like, late 80s dream pop love record. Like oh, People love the 80s. People yeah. are, there's, like, the Cure versus uh, Smith's dance parties all the time going on, like, those raves that yeah. have, those pop-up raves. Yeah. Like, people love... People love that stuff. It's like, it's understandable. It's immediately recognizable. And I think because of that, it stands out because there's a lot that kind of lives in the world of 80s nostalgia without like really doing it. But this basically, like you could have heard this album in 1988 in London. Really? I I don't, I don't know. Because I feel like this, it didn't feel very outwardly nostalgic by any means to me. Like it, to me, it didn't sound like it could have came out of the 80s. I think it did because we have to just consider the fact that, like, My Bloody Valentine happened true, at the end true. of the 80s. So, like, you know, Loveless came out and has a lot of the same soundscapes that this album does. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, obviously that shoegazy synth that that decade is known for is, like, 100% there. I feel like it's just what this sounds like in 2019. That's oh, sure. this album. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Vampire is incredible. I love Vampire. And Khan didn't even get to bless us with those pipes. It's seriously like The Cure, but if The Cure was like jazzy and there was saxophone It's the Lost Boys soundtrack. It's dark, it's brooding, it's beautiful. I love a good saxophone. What's not to love about that? It's great. It's really good. And I think something that's interesting there is that um, Khan mentioned that she wasn't trying to be arty on the album and that some songs were just about driving around L.A., like Feel For You. And I definitely think this is interesting because of how, like, meticulous and otherworldly the album comes across. It's like, you wouldn't think that these are songs that were just kind of written on a whim. It feels like a concept album, so you wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't think that at all. It all feels very pre-planned almost, and, like, you know, like, there is a concept here. And and it is kind of a concept album, but, like, the fact that, like you said, she just was talking about driving around L.A., like, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. I think um, The Hunger has my favorite moment on the album, I think, with the ending bridge, with the if it could be you and you could be me, we'd see the hunger inside and not the enemy. Like, her delivery on that and how it's layered over herself, I think it's great. It's haunting, but, like, also welcoming, I guess. We love a good haunting. It's autumn. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And the great thing, <laughs> the great thing about Khan is, like, I also, or about this... Lost Girls specifically, as I don't feel the need to compare this to, like, her previous work or mm-hmm. Bat for Lash's previous work. I feel like each record tells its own separate story and has such a distinct vibe across each one that it's kind of hard to cross-examine there. And I feel like you don't need to. It stands on its own. Mm-hmm. So that's what I love about it. Because I feel like that's always a natural inclination for me to want to compare. Okay, but let's compare this to what they did before. Right. But I don't feel the need to do that. I don't think it's you should do that. This is its own thing. And it's separate from, you know, Two Sons or The Bride. Or, yeah. You know, all that. I just, it's just so good. Like... The electronic elements, the 
it's a lot of synth. It's a it's lot very, of electronic, yeah. you know. So like, there's drums obviously, but they could just be like a pad. So I don't know, but whatever tools were used to craft the soundscape, I think it was done incredibly well. Um, I don't know if like longtime fans will be necessarily as positive on the record because while it's similar to Two Sons, I think it's very it's very different. It's very different. Two Sons was like a witchy. I'm going to cast a spell on you kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. This is very 80s love. It's it's bright. It's a bright. really like bright yeah. record. And I think that contrasts a lot from not necessarily darkness, but like the gloominess of mm-hmm. Two Sons. Yeah. I um I agree. And, and you know, I would guess I would consider myself a longtime fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked this record. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I agree. It's it's definitely different. It's different than for sure Fur and Gold um, and Two Sons for sure. But like you know, like I was saying before, each album had its own story and its own thing. Mm-hmm. So and this is just kind of a continuation of that. And I think you know, it definitely didn't disappoint. I f- I felt like I was waiting a while for this, even though it was, it was only three years. Really, realistically, not that long. But it did feel like I was like, when is Bat Flash is gonna make new music? Like, yeah, you know. But and. And it was good. Sometimes when there's sometimes when there's hype with stuff, um, there's a lot more pressure to it. Oh, for sure. But I liked it. It was good. What were your favorite tracks? Uh, my favorite tracks were surprisingly vampires. <laughs> uh, just, even though she doesn't even sing it at all, I just loved. I loved the vibe there. I loved the cure. I, the instrumentation was great. Oh. Um, and Desert Man. Um, and so good. I think those are my three. Desert Man is so good because that's just classic Bat for Lashes. Mm-hmm. That sound, yeah. I think like Vampires to Save Tonight. So Vampires so good, Save Tonight is like just a really good run that you could listen to just whenever. Like it's just they're, they're three really good songs that come back to back to back. But Kids in the Dark is an amazing opener. It and... is, and you know what? Peach Sky is like a good favorite too. Like. I mean, ultimately as a whole, like it's 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 definitely, I I wouldn't necessarily say it's a front to back record for me. I think there's a couple that I'm like, oh, I'll skip this. Like I'll you pop, can just say Jasmine. I'll, I'll, I was just about to say, oh, I'll <laughs> skip Jasmine. Oh my God, are you like reading my mind right now? <laughs> I was literally those words were about to come out of my mouth. Yeah, I'll skip no, Jasmine. Like, I get it. Um, <laughs> in mountains, I probably would just end it. Jasmine, Peach like sky. Jasmine's fine. It's no, just... yeah, it's not bad. I just, I can't believe we thought the same thing. <laughs> um, I think for my, like, final word on the matter, I think this album is a clear spiritual successor to, like, a whole generation of dream pop shoegaze outfits that furthers both of those genres in, a, in essence, like, it's a decidedly classic-sounding look at a creative process that we haven't heard on a full-length album in, like, what 12 years so she's still got it and it's still good um i would say that like in a world in 2019 where the cure isn't making new music where are um, you're shitting they have me. a new album coming out you're kidding no. me oh my god well then forget that <laughs> i don't we don't even need lost girls <laughs> But I feel like this is just, like, a very, not nostalgic, but just a very, like, bringing back a 
sound that we don't hear too often. Mm-hmm. You know, now I mean, shoegaze is definitely like a very dream pop is present. It's a very present thing today. Like, well, new gaze, I guess, yeah. is what it's called now. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but it's very present and it's very there. But I feel like this is this is distinct among all those. Yeah, I'd say it's it's yeah. good. It's a it's a really well produced, well put together piece of music. Next week, we're going to talk about something. Let's do a poll. Let's do a poll and see what people want Pixies, us to talk about. Pixies, Charlie XCX, or who else? Uh, Alex G. Right. Thanks for listening to Were You Even Listening? There's no way Pixies doesn't win that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Anywho.